Luke chapter number 15. It's a very popular, I don't know whether to read it or not. It's a very popular scripture, verse 11 through to 32 is the story of the prodigal son. Jesus continued and said, there was a man had two sons. The younger said to his father, Father, give me the share of the estate. So he divided the property between them. Not so long after the younger got together all and set off for a distant country and there squandered his wealth in wild living. And after he had spent all, there was a famine in that whole country and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of the country who sent him to the feed, the field to feed swine or feed pigs and he longed to fill his stomach with the paws that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. And when he had come to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare, and I'm here starving to death? I will set off and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion and ran to his son and threw his arms around him and kissed him. And he said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fatted calf and kill. Let, let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead, is now alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. I think I'll end here. Here ends the reading of his holy word. Hallelujah. I want to talk a continuation of what we started last week. Coming out head first, isn't it? Today, if you're looking for a, a title for my uh, discussion this afternoon, it is, please daddy, I've changed my mind. Please daddy, I've changed my mind. Hallelujah. Say to somebody, I've changed my mind. Um, we've been talking that the whole theme for the month has been transformation. And we started talking about uh, transformation. I mean, how many weeks have we been dealing with transformation? This is the fourth week, isn't it? All right. So, past three weeks, we've been talking about transformation. I gave you the definition in the Hebrew. Transformation is the word hapak, which means to change, to be converted to the contrary, to turn about. In the Hebrew, the word transformation is the same word as metamorpho, which means metamorphosis. That is the transformation of a, um, a caterpillar into a beautiful butterfly. It's the same thing. And I said to you that Christianity is all about transformation. Because when we get born again, when we come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, it's only our spirit that is changed immediately. Our minds remain the same. Our bodies remain the same. 
And as we interact with God, as we begin to uh, read the Bible, go to church, listen to the word of God, uh, we grow spiritually. And the mo- as we grow spiritually, our minds are transformed. And as your mind is transformed, your behavior transforms and looks more like Christ. Hallelujah. So don't get it twisted. The fact that somebody says he's a Christian doesn't mean that he cannot be a corn man. The fact that the person says he's a Christian doesn't mean that he cannot be a thief. The fact that the person speaks in tongues doesn't mean that they are totally transformed. The transformation process is a very slow process. It starts gradually. Hallelujah. And uh, the first thing I want to talk about today is that your mind is the steering wheel that directs you towards your destination. Your mind is the steering wheel that directs you towards your destination. Hallelujah. The way your mind works, the way your mind works is what will steer you to the place where you are. Amen. So if your mind is working right, you will do right. Hallelujah. And you end well. If your mind is not working right, you will do wrong and you will not end well. Hallelujah. So your mind is very, very important. Hallelujah. And your mind, I said to you that your mind is directed by your mindset. Your mind, the way you think is as a result of the way your mind has been set or programmed. And the way your mind has been programmed is as a result of how you were brought up. The things that were said to you in the very unconscious moments of your life, that the tender years of your, your life when you're growing up, the things that were told you, the things that were said, it was a training moment of your life, and that is what informs your mindset, which controls your mind thinking, which controls your destiny, invariably controlling you. So if you want to transform or be transformed, you have to transform head first. We talked about that last week. That it starts in between your ears. Hallelujah. Now we have a story in this, in, in, in this uh, parable that we all know. There are how many actors in the story? There are three actors. We have the man, his, that's the father, and then the two sons. The elder son and the younger son. But there's another son or there's another uh, actor in the movie that is not seen but is implied. And that person is Satan. He's also part of the movie. He's in the script but his role is not very defined. But he's there. He's behind the scenes. Hallelujah. Now, this guy, the younger guy, can we give him a name? Suggest the name. Sorry? Is there any Thomas in this room? If you are Thomas, show up. I don't want to use Billy One because I used Billy One once and I got into trouble because my, my friend is called Billy. And he says that why am I using him to preach? And I use, always use negative things. So Billy One... I'm using you. I don't care. Billy one is the younger one. Who was the, who was the, and the Tom, Tom will be the older one. So Tom 
decides that he wants to get a portion of his the property that falls to him. Now, why would this young man get up, Billy Wan get up one day and go to the father and say to the father, I want the portion of your wealth that belongs to me. The man is not dead yet. You know, you only get uh, inheritance after the demise of the person who is the giver of the inheritance. So for you to come to ask for your inheritance, there is something very wrong. It means you have been thinking. Are you with me? I said to you that everything starts with a thought. He had been thinking. There is, uh, I mean, when we, anytime we hear this story, we, it's almost as if we paint this guy, Billy Wan, as a greedy boy. As a bad boy. But today I want to, I want to um, introduce another train of thinking. That Billy Wan, or the younger brother, is not necessarily greedy. If anything at all, what he wanted was to be in control of the goods. Because it wasn't about poverty. He had everything. Father made sure that he had servants at his beck and call. There was free food. This guy had a silver spoon in his mouth. There is nothing that he needed that he could not get. So it was, it was not about the, the, the monies or it's not about the goods. It's more about the control. He wanted to be in control of his life, to be in control of the resources, to be able to spend it any way, anyhow. And that is the reason why as soon as he was given the thing, he took off to a very far country so that he could not be controlled. Be careful when you don't want to be controlled. The spirit of independence, the spirit of wanting to be a law to yourself, is a spirit that started from Lucifer. Remember the story in Isaiah? He said that I will ascend to the hill of the, 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 the hill of the Lord. I will sit where God is supposed to sit. I, 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 I. He wanted to be in charge and not to be the one that takes charge or takes orders. And that spirit is a spirit that has battled man from that day to today. All of us have that spirit inside of us where we want to be in charge. We want to live our lives. For some of us who have moved away from home, it's like this is the first opportunity you have to be in charge of your life. And you don't want anybody to come and control you, anybody to say anything, you want to be in charge and you want to just take off like this Billy one. There are a lot of people, they are in church 24-7 at home. But as soon as they travel to a far country, church is the last place they want to be. I'm not talking about you, I'm talking about the one next to you. 
Hallelujah. Pastors' children who will never ever go to church because now they are in university, they are in charge of their lives and they need, let me move from here and stand so that I don't get into trouble. Hallelujah. But you see, the way you steer your mind will determine where you land. This guy steered his mind towards independence without realizing that there is security at home. Even though it looks like home has a lot of instructions, a lot of do's and don'ts, there is security at home. His life was being shaped. His life was at a wealthy place. He was doing well because he had security. Because he had the father's guidance. He had the father's blessings. He had the father's provision. He had the father's hands, invisible hands, directing his moves. Brothers and sisters, let us not remove the father's hands. Keep the father's hands. It may look as if the father's hands restricts you. The father's hands makes you feel as if it's limiting your movement. It's cramping, cramping your style. But let me assure you that your, the father's hands is the best place to be. Hallelujah. Don't veer off into the dark. This guy was eyeing the father all the time. As the father was going up and down in the new, brand new car, he was like, if daddy will only move out of the way. You see, it's a very bad person to want your father to die so that you inherit his. Why do you want to inherit his own? Why don't you go and work for your, yours? If you are here and you are thinking like that, Stop. If I were your father, I would not die now. <laughs> and I'll make sure that you, you in particular, you see, shishi, you won't get. <laughs> in case you don't know what shishi is, don't worry. It's something. Hallelujah. But this guy must have been thinking, 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 thinking. Listen, don't allow just any thought to enter into your head. And it is even worse if you allow the, the thought to become a permanent stay in your mind. Especially when it's a bad one. Because the more you think about it, the more Satan gives you ideas. The more you think, the more you begin to believe in the, in the thing that you are thinking. The Bible says that as a man thinks in his heart. Proverbs 4, is it? 23. Watch, watch. It says that above all else, guard your heart with all good diligence. For out of your heart are what? The issues of life. Out of your heart are the issues of life. You see, as your, your mind wanders, it's like, it, it's not bad. 23-7. It's, it's, it's not bad for a, a bird to fly over your head, they say. But if you allow a bird to make a nest on your head, then we have a problem. I mean, that's what I'm saying. So a thought may pass into your mind. 
But you control your thinking. We talked about that last week. You control your thinking. So control the thinking away from bad thoughts. Away from thoughts that would, de- that would bring disaster to you. Move yourself away from thinking evil. Move yourself away from thinking bad about anybody or anything. Because the more you think, the more you, you find yourself being enslaved to it. And end up doing that thing. Hallelujah. So this guy did not steer his mind away from this thought of independence. Thought of want, wanting to be the one that controls, manages or mismanages affairs. And that led him to his disastrous end. Hallelujah. So one day he comes and he says to his father, Father, give me the portion that falls to me. And the father, I don't know. You see, the Bible sometimes doesn't tell us the in-between stories. But I don't think, if the father is anybody like me, if you ever came to me and said, I should give you your portion, there will be a lot of discussions. How many understand that? Am I the only father who do that? There will be a lot of discussions. It's like, ah, what, are you okay? Are you well? <laughs> we we'll, we'll we'll have a lot of discussions. But it, it also tells us that all discussions and advice and warnings had failed. And they failed because he was entrenched in his position. And he was entrenched in his position because he had been thinking about it for a very long time. Brothers and sisters, never ever feel that you are 110% correct in everything. Always leave a gap in case you are wrong. How many have been wrong before? How many have done something you regret before? It means that the tendency of you doing the wrong thing again is very large. If you have ever made a mistake before. So don't be too hard and believe in your actions and decisions too much. Because you may be wrong. Leave room for advice. Hallelujah. I say leave room for what? Leave room for advice. Leave room for admonition. Leave room for correction. Leave room to be corrected. For most of us in this room right now, our parents, we've gone past our parents' advice and correction. How many know what I'm talking about? Because you, you have moved from the place where your, your parents are always talking to you and telling you what to do. But don't move out of that scope where another type of parent cannot talk to you. Another type of father figure or mother figure cannot correct you. Don't move to, for, to the place where you are alone to yourself. Hallelujah. No, no, no. Allow yourself to stay in a place where you can be corrected. Where somebody can tell you, stop it. That is why we come to church every Sunday. That is why we read the Bible. That is why we pray. Because the more you read the Bible, the Bible is supposed to tell you when you are doing wrong or you are going wrong. The Bible, the, the message we hear every Sunday, every Wednesday, anytime we come to church, is supposed to correct something that you are doing wrong. Hallelujah. Don't be like Billy One. 
that feels that I don't need your advice. I'm old enough. I am man enough to be in charge of my destiny. Hallelujah. So this guy goes off into the world with his father's Hallelujah. He goes off. I mean, when I read this particular scripture, I ask myself one question. Was the father that weak to stop his son from certain disaster? Was the father that weak? Listen, Satan's primary duty in John chapter 10 verse 10 is what? To steal, to kill, and to destroy. That is his job. Summed up in one verse. And see, for him to operate and do what he's been made to do, he has to remove protection of you. He has to remove you from the protection. Ah. The sons of God gathered and Satan also gathered. Job chapter 1. And, and God said, have you considered my son, servant Job, how there is no one righteous like him? And he says, does Job serve thee for not? Is it not because you have put a hedge around him and around his good that he is prospering and doing well? If you like, remove the hedge and let me try him and you will see whether he will not curse you to your face. So the hedge is the reason why you are protected. The hedge is the reason why you are prospering. The hedge is the reason why things look that they are doing, they are okay with you and you are doing well. And Satan's number one duty is to remove the hedge. Remove you from the hedge. Remove you from the place where you are advised. Remove you from the place of safety. Remove you from the place of influence, positive influence. Remove you from that place. Put you in a place where you are not a law to yourself. Because when you are a law to yourself, you see, you don't own your mind. He owns your mind. So, you thinking that you are a law to yourself, you are a slave to him. Am I making sense? So please, let us stay protected. Stay undercover. Stay in a place of protection. That is the Bible says that, and as it is, the manner of those who don't want to be assembled together when we assemble. Hebrews 10, 25. Some don't want to gather when we gather. But for you, it must be your manner, your habit, and so much the more when you see the evil day approaching. Make sure that your habit is to be in the house of the Lord. Because when you're in the house of the Lord, you receive correction. When you're in the house of the Lord, you receive instruction. Second Timothy, the Bible says in Second Timothy, that the word of God 
reproves, rebukes, edifies, exalts. Chapter 4, verse 316, but no, no, put that scripture, 2 Timothy uh, 4, 1, it says that, not for, no, no, 2 Timothy, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, convince, rebuke, exalt with all long suffering and teaching, for the time will come, somebody say the time will come, the time will come like this boy, Billy One, the time will come where they will not want to hear sound doctrine. But according to their own desire, because they have itching ears, they will heap for themselves people that talk to them, talk to you. They want to, t- you know that this guy, this uh, Billy One had fans. He had his, his uh, hangers on who were goading him and who were telling him that this is the best decision. You have to do it. Because you just, just look at it. The father would have invited uncles, aunties, grandparents, neighbors to come and talk to this boy. So for this boy to be adamant to go, he must have had support. Emotional support. From friends. Verse 4. Verse 4. Come on, wake up. And they will turn their ears away from the truth. But turn aside what? Lies. This boy was confused. He was almost deceived by people that were talking into his ear. Say, it it is happening around here. Come. And when you come, listen, this is where the party is at. This is where things are happening. If you come here, you will realize. How many understand what I'm saying? Come, come. This here is freedom. Freedom. Don't be every time you a full grown man. Your father, daddy is saying this, daddy is saying it's like they've turned you into a, a house boy, they've turned into a hey. So this guy breaks. The hedge takes the goods and the monies and he goes into a far country. I mean, there's no magic, there's no doubt that he was heading for disaster. It was not rocket science. It was only a matter of time. Some of us, the road that we are on, today I came to tell that road is leading to crash and you have to pull the brake Pull the handbrake. This is the time to stop. God sent me here to tell you that today you have to pull the handbrake. Put reverse and reverse back to the place of protection, the place of safety, the place of accountability, the place where you receive advice, the place where you don't decide and become a law to your own self. Hallelujah. Let the word of God rebuke you. Let the word of God tell you stop and you stop. Let the word of God tell you that you are being silly and you accept and change. Hallelujah. Don't be 
like I own myself, I own my own destiny. I'm, no, 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 no. Hallelujah. So this guy goes out and things are working. He has all the girlfriends. He has all the uh, booze. He has all the fun. He was doing well, buying cars, buying things. He was like blowing time and having a good time. He was enjoying time without realizing that. Wide is the road that leads to destruction and many there be that walk on that road. Narrow is the way that leads to life and only few people walk on it. Don't always want to be the talk of the town. Don't always want to be the one that is, you are the center of the party. You are the one that is controlling the guys. You are the don dada. You are the, the mafiosi. You are large and in charge. They, 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 are, they are just hailing you. They are hailing you till the day they drop you. You are preaching on. My, my, I think grandfather told me a story. This was a long time ago. He said that there used to be this um, king, this village, and anytime they want to distill the king, they will carry the king on a palanquin and then they will be hailing, hailing, hailing. They take him to this cliff and as they are hailing, they walk on this path and it's like, it's a cliff. It's like, and then at the, one of the times they throw the palanquin up, they just empty the palanquin <laughs> <laughs> and you tumble down the valley. So this particular guy, he saw his uncle going through the same process. They put him there and they threw him out. And the next time was his turn. When they came down, you are the next king. They wanted, hey, no. He lay on the floor. He said, me, nobody's carrying me to put me in this palanquin. No. The moral of the story is that humble yourself and God will lift you up. When you let men lift you up, they will throw you over the valley. They will just drop you. Anytime they get tired of you, they drop you. They got tired of this guy. And they left him. Because his money was finished. Don't be too happy when people are clapping for you. People only clap for you when you are dancing to their tune. The day you stop dancing to their tune, that's the day they will throw you out. Hallelujah. Every time they are hailing you, that no, 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 don't be, don't be too excited. Don't be too excited. <laughs> look at, look at these people. <laughs> you people are some way. Tell your neighbor stay in the house. Or tell them like you mean, stay in the house. Don't go away from the house. Ah, don't go away from the house. Don't go away from, from advice. 
Don't go away from advice. Hide yourself under advice. In Psalm 119, verse 11 says that your word have I hid in my heart that I will not sin against you. Psalm 119, verse 105 says that I have made your word a lamp to my path and a, a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Hallelujah. Stay in the house. This guy, after so long of partying and squandering money, everything got finished. It's amazing how when trouble comes, it doesn't come in single digits. Trouble always comes in multiples. As soon as the money got finished and he came to his senses and he started to work, farming also came. Now they laid him off. He has to now go and look for a job. Now the job he got was a job nobody does. In those days, if you're a Jew, you're a Hebrew, you don't go anywhere near pigs. So for you to be working in a pig farm, it means you're working for a boss who was not religious. He was not God-fearing. Are you with me? It's a boss who is, doesn't come under the law. He's a lawless boss. So obviously, he's a mean person. See how when Satan has finished using you, he, he punishes you. No, see, Satan has not got friends. I hear people say that, oh, when I was not born again, life was okay for me. The day I got born again, that's when my trouble started. Now, let me show you how it works. How many have uncooked chicken in your fridge? Give me a wave. Is the chicken yours? It's not been cooked. It's in the fridge. Will you not? Will you cook it in future? Yeah, so there's no hurry for that chicken. Leave it in the fridge. One day I'll come for the, the, the chicken. Today is not the day for that chicken. As for today, I'm eating KFC. I'm not cooking today. So, you see, the unbeliever, you, you belong to him. You are in his fridge. So, he's giving you time. You just don't worry. You, you just be in the, be marinating in the fridge. The day for your barbecue will come. But this is, today is not the day. Today is not your day. You just chill. Let me go for the ones that are hard to get. Because when I am at home and I'm chilled out and the day I don't have anything to do, it's raining outside, there's no... Then I'll open the fridge and then I'll eat this chicken. So don't think that you're working for Satan and you are off Satan's hook. Don't think that... You know, no, 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 your time hasn't come. You're in the fridge. Your time will come. Hallelujah. Don't forget the chicken in the fridge. Anytime you are thinking of. Hallelujah. So this guy works for this mean boss. And the Bible says that when situations became hard and hunger began to deal with him, Then he came to his 
senses. How many remember somebody came coming to his senses? We, we talked about somebody whose donkeys got missing. And that was the first time he had to visit the man of God. Because sometimes situation will lead you back to the house. If you don't change your mind early, situation will let you say, Daddy, please, I've changed my mind. Bible says that he came to his senses. Now, I want us to look at a few things that brought him to his senses. Number one, few things that brought this guy to his senses. Are you okay? He got to a place where he had to remember God. Bible says that he came to himself and he said that how many of my father's hired servants have uh, food enough to eat while I am perishing here. I will go back. Hallelujah. Number two, he had a change of mind. So he cooperated with the word of God that there's repentance. When you make a mistake, you can ask God for forgiveness. Hallelujah. Brothers and sisters, let's never ever forget the fact that when we make mistakes, God is always there merciful. He will forgive. Hallelujah. If only we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all our unrighteousness. The guy remembered that his father, see the father in the story represents God. The young boy, Billy One, is you. He had a change of mind. He was ready to accept correction. He was ready for rebuke. He was ready for, I told you so. He was ready to be bullied by the elder brother. He was ready for all the repercussions of his mistakes. Do you know that a lot of people don't ever get to that place. We're talking about two guys recently. I think two or three weeks ago. Do you remember? Two guys, two disciples of Jesus Christ. They committed the same offense, betraying Jesus. One betrayed Jesus once and the other betrayed Jesus how many times? Three times. One received forgiveness. The other committed suicide. The one who betrayed Jesus once ended up committing suicide. The one who betrayed Jesus three times received what? Forgiveness. Why? Because he brought himself to the place of repentance. He brought himself to the place where he asked for forgiveness. He brought himself to the place where he he knew they would be criticized by those who did not betray you are supposed to be our leader. 
How do you betray our master three times? You are supposed to be the rock. Me that I'm, I'm the neck, uh, I'm the sun. Look at me, I'm only paper. Look at me, I'm still here. You're supposed to be our leader. Look at what you did. He was, he was prepared for all that. Hallelujah. Some of us, the reason why we cannot change is because of pride. Your situation is bad. You don't need anybody to tell you that this place you are, you are eating with pigs. You know it yourself. But what would they say? How, how, how would they look at me? Of all the things that I said before I left home, if I'm to go back, remember Auntie Rebecca, how she, she knelt on the floor crying and begging me, and I stomped past her. I even kicked there was I was leaving. Auntie Rebecca would see me coming back. And then it's like, I'm coming back with torn clothes. I left with my father's latest Porsche. Now I'm coming back with the smell of pigs, pig around me. How, what would she say to me? Remember Auntie Cynthia? She was crying. When I stomped past her. Listen. It's better to go back. I miss the insults. I miss the criticisms. I miss, I miss all the, the finger pointings. It's better to change your mind and go back than to stay eating with pigs. It's better. Listen, let us not get, never ever get too big to come back home. Come back to the cross. Let us never ever get too high in our minds that we can't go back. We can't say, please daddy, I changed my mind. I was the one who said I'm going. Now I am coming back. Can you please accept me just as I am? As he was leaving the pigsty, the boss says that, listen, you are blessed. I gave you this job. If you leave, don't come back. Bible says that he came to himself. It's time for us to come to ourselves. Some of us, we come to ourselves only when we are about to die. When the thought of coming to yourself comes anywhere near your mind, you rebuke it. Say, oh, no, 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 it's okay. This one is only a face. I will, I will go through it. Will, no, you are not going through it. It's time to change your mind. Situation is asking for you to go to the prophets. The situation, you have been looking for these dead donkeys, uh, missing donkeys, all this while. You haven't found the missing donkeys. It's time for you to realize that you won't find them. You have been here for 30 days. You never found it. Do you think that the next five days will produce the donkeys? It's not possible. It's time to go back home. Go back to the father. Say to the father, please daddy, I change my mind. So the guy said, the die is cast. Let me go back. And he rehearsed what he was going to say. 
as he was going, he said that when I get there, I will say, Father, I've sinned against you. Make me like one of your servants. Do you know why he said that? He said that because he had already blown his half of his inheritance is gone. So the rest, the second half that is left, is not his. It's his, his brother's. So it's that like he is going to encroach on somebody else's portion. But no matter what it is, just remember that there's room at the cross. There's always room at home. There's never ever a, this no fool can't come in. No, there's always room at the cross. I say there's always room at the cross. All you have to do is to make up your mind. And see, the day the guy made up his mind, that was the day his transformation started. Remember, he steered himself by his thinking into the ditch. And the day he decided that I'm going to steer myself back home, as he began, his life was changing. With every step, he was moving from a feeder of swine back to a son. He was moving from a servant and a slave back to a son. He was moving from a servant who had no inheritance back to an inheritor. Hallelujah. What he didn't realize that by the time he got back, his father had made back all that he lost. The father had made all that he lost back. You can never outrun and outuse God's love. As you think you have taken all the love away, by the time you come back, the love is replenished. Hallelujah. That is why the father said that bring the best robe, bring a ring, bring the fatted calf. Why? Because he had, re- he had made up all the things that he lost. Father had made it back. Bring it. This my son was lost. He didn't say this my son has consumed, has finished me financially. No. Because that finances had been replaced. So he said that he was dead. Now he's alive. He was lost. Now he has been found. This is the time for us to rejoice. This is the time for us to, to, to be happy. Listen, God is waiting for you and I. Some of us, we have been toying around outside the house. We, we feel that we are close enough, but we don't realize that we are moving out. Have you not realized that when you are swimming in the sea, sometimes you think that you are still at the beach, you are still at the shore. How many know what I'm talking about? But before you realize that the, the current is pulling you in and it's pulling you in and, it's, and you're moving further and further away from the, the shore and you don't realize. Some of us, that's how it is. We always, occasionally we come to church. Occasionally we are around. So we feel that we are still around but you have moved so far that you are almost drowning. Today is a day of warning. Today is the day that the Father has tended his love back to you. And he sent me to tell you that this is the day for you to come back. Stand to your feet.